You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. for the presence of God that I feel in this place tonight. Before I get started, I want to thank Pastor Robertson and Pastor Carter for the opportunity to speak tonight. I appreciate the trust you have in me to stand behind this pulpit. I want to open with the verse in Psalms tonight. If you have your Bibles, I'll be reading in Psalm 66, verses 16 to 20. Mine may read a little different than yours as I'm reading from the New International Version. Uh, Why don't we stand, I guess, too, for the reading of the word tonight. Starting in verse 16, it says, Come and hear, all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. Praise be to God, who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. For just a few moments tonight, I want to speak on the topic, a testimony of love. Why don't you set your Bibles down and we'll open this part of the service in prayer. God, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence tonight. We thank you for the presence that we already feel of your spirit tonight. I pray, God, that our hearts and our minds would be open to receive the word that you have for us tonight, God. I pray that you challenge us by your spirit and by your word. God, we give you all the glory and all the thanks for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Don't tell mom. I have both heard this and said this growing up with two brothers. Whether we were throwing something in the house or accidentally spilling coffee on the nice living room rug, There were some things better left unsaid. I know one thing for sure. I did not enjoy, and I still do not enjoy, being called out on my mistakes. My mom still reminds us of the time that our game of catch in the house ended up being the reason she has one less precious moment's ornament. Sometimes it's a little painful being reminded of the poor decisions I made when I was younger. Unless I'm just an anomaly, I figure it's the same for most of you, too. It's not fun. There can be consequences to our actions when the truth comes to light. But take a second to think about how enjoyable it is to hear recognition for the good things that you do. Think about the things that other people have done for you. Maybe someone at work told you how great you were doing at your job recently. Perhaps a church member told you that they've been praying for you lately. It's possible that you've received a financial blessing or God has answered a prayer that you've been praying for for a long time. When events like these happen in our life, sometimes it can be so hard not to share the blessings that have come to our life recently. It's so encouraging to have a conversation with someone and hear an abundance of gratitude in their speech. It's refreshing to hear of the testimonies and the good things that are happening in the lives of those around us. A great example of this gratitude can be taken from the text I read earlier. Come and hear, all you who fear God, let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth, 
His praise was on my tongue. If you spent any amount of time in the book of Psalms, you'll hear inspiring writings from David as he writes his worship to the Lord. It's so powerful to know that his writings thousands of years ago can still speak to us today and remind us of the Lord's goodness. Imagine a Bible without the writings of David's testimony. Imagine if he didn't tell the Lord's goodness to him and record when his prayers were answered in his times of need. How many times have you gone to read a psalm to strengthen you in a difficult time? Or how often have you gone to a psalm to be reminded of the goodness of God? You've most likely heard the verses like Psalm 18:2, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Psalm 34 and 8, O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It is so important for us to share what God has done for us. We never know what someone may be going through and they just need an encouraging word. We may never know the impact we can make in someone's life just by simply letting them know we are praying for them. Not only is our testimony a reminder for us of what God has done for us, but it is also a catalyst in the faith of someone else of what God can do for them. Take the woman at the well, for example, in John chapter 4. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. This woman just went to the well for some water, but what she didn't realize is that she would have an encounter with Jesus that day. The story continues, and the woman comes to realize that this man knows everything about her. She comes to realize that this man, Jesus, was the Messiah. Of course, if we were in the same situation as her, we shouldn't be surprised that she left that well and told everyone in town to come see the man who knew everything she ever did. This lady knew that there was something different about this man. She received a revelation that day that Jesus was the one who would fill the thirst of her soul. That whoever would drink from the living water of the Holy Spirit would never thirst again. This woman had an excitement 
that burst within her, and she needed to tell everyone she spoke to of what Jesus did for her that day. If we skip down to verse 39, we see what impact her experience had on those around her. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of this, because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. If you are like this woman from Samaria and have a life-changing experience with God, follow her example and share this to everyone around you. It may be just what they need to learn to know Jesus for themselves. I've heard it stated, your story could be the key that unlocks someone else's prison. Don't be afraid to share it. There are so many negative things that are being shared each day. Why don't we combat those emotions by sharing the peace, the hope, and the deliverance that God has given us? For all you know, sharing your testimony to a coworker one day at work could ignite a revival like the woman at the well. Her testimony spread across town and drew many people to hear the word of God. When people see and hear of the good things that God has done, they want to be a part of it. We can see the impact that our testimony can have on others by studying Matthew 5, verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. If we let the light of Jesus shine through us and testify of the good things he has done for us, it brings glory to our Father in heaven. Our positive speech will infect those around us. They'll notice that something is different about you. It will create a desire in them to experience the same thing that you have experienced. Now, you may realize tonight what our testimony can do for others. We have experienced the goodness and mercy of God, so sharing this experience to others can tell them that God can do the same thing for them. But not only does sharing our testimony help others, but it is just as beneficial for us. If we turn to Philippians, it's just one example of the many verses you can find showing the power of our testimony. Philippians 4, 6-7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, present with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we come to God, presenting our requests to him with a heart of thanksgiving, we read that the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds. Let's say that you have a situation that is really weighing on your heart and you bring this prayer, this petition to God. But rather than only focusing on the request you have, you approach God with an attitude of thanksgiving, remembering and thanking him for all he has done for you in the past and all that you trust him to do for you in the future. As you start to focus on all that God has done, your heaviness of the situation will be lifted by the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. What a joy it is to know that the peace of God will surround us in a heart of thanksgiving. There's no greater peace that we can receive in this world. If I have any source of peace, I want it to be for my creator. 
I want it to come from the God who formed me in his image and has the very hairs on my head numbered. You won't, you won't be able to find a greater peace anywhere else. When we look around at all that is happening in our world today, this is definitely a time where the peace of God is needed. Create a heart of thanksgiving if you are feeling unrest in your soul tonight. Sharing your testimony is recounting a life-changing encounter that you have with God. Naturally, when we speak of the moment our life was forever changed by the power of God, a heart of thanksgiving will overflow in us. When we imagine where we would have ended up if Jesus hadn't gotten a hold of our heart, when we think of the storms we have gone through when Jesus held our hand the whole time, we begin to fill with gratitude. When you realize how much God has done for you, there is a grateful heart that will arise in you. Remembering your testimony will create a heart of thanksgiving. Reflecting on and speaking about what God has done for you will fill you with gratitude for the blessings that you have received. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, it talks about the way people will be in the last days. And one of the descriptions is that they will be ungrateful. This is what it says. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with such people. If the scripture gives us the instruction to have nothing to do with such people, then it's a pretty clear indication that we shouldn't be such people. Because we live in a sinful world, we will be continually fighting against our sinful nature that will try to pull us into a life that lacks gratitude. We have to be careful and intentional every day to live a life of thanksgiving. If we turn back to our original passage of Scripture, I'd like to take a look at a second lesson that can be found in these verses. We see in verse 18, it writes next, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. So it says that the Lord will not listen if I keep sin close to my heart. What is sin? Sin is disobedience to God's word. I'll be talking about this story a little more in depth in a bit. But God commanded mankind not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the book of Genesis. When Adam and Eve decided not to listen to God's instruction, they chose to sever the relationship between God and man. When we commit sin, we are making that same decision. This is why it is so important for us to confess our sin and make the decision not to follow in the same footsteps. We don't want our relationship with God to be closed off. We want to live a life free of sin and make the decision daily to follow God's word. Why don't we look at a passage in 1 John chapter 1. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. In Psalms, we are warned that cherishing sin in our heart 
will block our prayers from reaching God. If we aren't honest with ourselves and claim that we do not sin, then the Bible says that the truth is not in us. It is important that we confess our sins to God. He is faithful and just and will forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness. God does not want to condemn you or shame you for all the things that you've done wrong. He loves you and wants you to live a life full of his presence and purpose for your life. Maybe you're finding yourself in a time of struggle right now. Sometimes God brings our answer in time. Just keep seeking God and making your prayers known to him. However, sometimes God may be waiting for us to make some changes. God may be revealing things to you that he's not a fan of. If we are wanting to hear from God in our times of struggle, we need to take inventory to make sure that we are living a life that is honoring him. He may be asking you to reflect on your walk with him before he gives you the answer that you are looking for. If you are deciding to continue in the path of sin, this will hinder your prayers from being answered. We see the outcome of sin in the third chapter of Genesis. After Adam and Eve were placed in the Garden of Eden, they were told they could eat from any tree except one. Reading from Genesis 3 verse 1, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the fruit, fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Ever since the initial fall of humanity, there have been clear consequences that come as a result of following sin and disobedience. One of the consequences we see addressed in Psalms is that when we cherish sin or hold on to sin in our heart, our connection with God becomes severed. We serve a God of love, but Scripture says that he is a jealous God. That means that he is not willing to share our affection. Are you putting all of your efforts into living how God wants you to, or are you living to serve yourself? Are you taking advantage of services and being intentional about remaining faithful to the house of God in your personal prayer life? We hear of a number of people in the Bible who didn't always get what they were supposed to because they decided to do the things they wanted to instead of how God commanded. When Moses was instructed to speak to a rock, and it would gush with water for the Israelites in the book of Numbers, his frustrations got the best of him. Instead of speaking to the rock as God commanded, we read he struck the rock twice with his staff, and because of this, he was not able to be with the Israelites when they reached the promised land. If God gives us a command, we need to be obedient and careful to follow as he instructs us to do. Obey the word of God and do... Do as you feel God is leading you to do. Take inventory to ensure that no sin has made its home in your heart. The consequence of losing out on connection with God is not worth the cost. 
A life lived for God is full of many blessings. He longs to have a relationship with you. He loves us so much that he went to the cross to conquer sin so that our relationship with him could be restored. I'd like to take one final look at our opening scripture that mentions this great love. In this passage, we read of David's testimony of how God had not withheld his love from David. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. I want you to stop and take a minute to think about something you love. If you're like me, you might love that first sip of coffee in the morning. Maybe you love your job and are thankful for the job opportunity that you are blessed with. Maybe you love your family and friends and are thankful for the joy, thankful for the chances that you have to spend time with them. Hopefully, since you're here tonight, that you love God. If you don't know him yet, tonight is a great place to start. There are lots of things to love about life and lots of people in your life to love too. After all, we love because God first loved us. With all of us having different personalities, some things may be loved by you and not by others, and that is totally okay. For example, there are some foods to love and some foods to not. If you're like me, you know that mushrooms don't make the cut. Mushrooms will not exist on my pizza. Something else that I don't love is icicle pickles, which is funny because I haven't actually tried one. This is a favorite of Pastor Carter, but after they told me they used bluestone in creating these pickles, which in too much of a dose can be poisonous, I wasn't interested in even trying one. I guess some information I don't want to know. Food is an easy thing to love, but tonight I want to remind you of something that God loves, and that is each and every one of you. You may have heard a popular passage in John chapter 3, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I'm thankful that this verse lays it out clear for us. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is not specific to one kind of person. This is not specific to the ones who seem to have it all together. This is for imperfect people like me. This is for the brokenhearted. This is for the ones who feel hopeless and helpless. You are not alone in your walk on this earth. Call out to God today and ask him to lead your life. Ask him to take you into a deeper walk with him. It also says in John 15, verses 9 to 13, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. In case you haven't heard what Jesus did for us, he did lay down his life for us. He loved us so much that he came to earth to carry the penalty of our sin to the cross. Now there's a lot of things I love in this life, but it takes some serious commitment to lay down your life for something you love. Just stop and think about it. What would you be willing to give your life for? 
Do you recognize the sacrifice that Jesus made when he went to the cross for you? If we go way back to the beginning in Genesis, we can already see the love that God is for us. Genesis 2 verse 20 says, So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. Even from the beginning of creation, God didn't want man to be alone, so he created a helper. This tells of a God who cares. This is a God who sees our need and knows exactly what we need for it to be met. Music, I'll get you to come back tonight. If you look through the chapters of the Bible, it won't take you long to see how God really feels about you. You can find the verses saying, Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Come to me, all who are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Jesus expresses his love for us in Scripture and made the ultimate sacrifice for us on the cross, proving his love for you. I'll get you all to stand tonight. If you haven't had your experience with Jesus at the well yet, this altar can be a new beginning for you tonight. God wants to have a relationship with you the same way that he did for the Samaritan woman at the well. You may not have come to church expecting a life-changing experience with God, but God is here tonight waiting. God says, whoever will believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I challenge you to pray tonight that God will continue to reveal himself to you through his word and take you into a deeper understanding of him. For those of us who have seen the faithfulness of God, why don't you reflect on the miracles that God has done in your life? Think about the blessings that God has given you and where he has brought you from. Ask God to open opportunities to share your testimony with those around you. I'm going to open this altar tonight. I invite you to come and worship God for the work that he has done in your life. We never want to forget the faithfulness and the love that God has shown us and continues to show us each day. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.